looking back, I'm like, wow, I was really just willing to do anything. Like I was just really like putting myself last, you know? Welcome to the Heavy Pages podcast, a guiding light for women facing the paralyzing challenges of an unwanted separation. If you're feeling frozen by the weight of heartbreak or the uncertainty of a crumbling relationship, you're not alone. I'm Josie, your host and a separation survival specialist because I've been where you are, overwhelmed, emotionally stuck, and unsure of what lies ahead. But here's the truth. Healing and empowerment are within your reach. Together, we'll shatter the chains of paralysis, embrace this journey, and pave the way to your new future. So it's time to step forward, find your strength, and rewrite your story. Because the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. Now, before we start today's episode, please consider taking a moment to click that subscribe button. And with that, here we go. Hello, and a warm welcome to today's chapter checkup session, where we will be hearing from another courageous woman as she shares her transformative journey from devastated to divorce. And we'll be using the five chapters of my program as the guide. If you're curious about these chapters and how they align with your personal journey, don't forget to visit heavypagespodcast.com for your free chapter checklist. And with that, here's today's interview. Okay, so today we are here with Susie. Welcome, Susie. Hi, I'm glad to be here. I really appreciate you having you here with me today. And so um, let's start with sharing a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Susie. I am a, well, I'm a licensed clinical social worker professionally. I'm a mom. Um, yeah, those are my two big identities. I guess that's who I am, a mom and my working self. Excellent. And how many children do you have? I just have one. She's five. Actually, no. She oh. just turned six in September. So <laughs> I did sneak a picture of her. She's very cute in her little pumpkin patch. I know, very cute. I love her. <laughs> yes. Girls are great, aren't they? Yeah, they're so uh, cute. Oh, it's like your little doll sometimes. Mm-hmm. Most of the time until they don't let you anymore. I have a daughter and she's 12 now. So she kind of doesn't let me so much anymore, but I still try. Okay. So tell me about um, your ex-husband right he's an ex-husband yes at this point yes where how did you meet okay um so dude which is what I'm gonna call him <laughs> okay dude dude let's talk about dude was, uh, I guess you could say like my high school sweetheart although we didn't go to the same high school but we met you know when I was in high school so um we actually met at a show which is like a kind of like a backyard concert type of thing, you know, bands playing and things like that. So we met that way and we just hung out all night and we just kind of hit it off from there. And yeah, we eventually started uh, dating. And so I was 16 at the time and he was 19. So he was older than me. A little older. Um, But yeah, that is how we met. Okay. And how long did you date before you got married? So we got married when I was 19. So I guess three years. Okay. Okay. And how long were you married? We were married 
for, I want to say eight years or yeah, eight years. And who was the one that wanted the divorce? Oh man, I think it was, well, it was him first for sure. Um, and then I was kind of like, okay, you know, I didn't, at that point I didn't fight it. I think I was kind of, it was kind of like time had gone by a little bit. So it was just something that we both kind of agreed on. Oh, okay. So it was more like the divorce talk after a separation. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give tons of detail, but what what was the separation about? Like what caused the separation? Yeah. Uh, so the separation. So that was obviously like a very tough moment for me in my life. I had a lot of stuff going on. I was actually in grad school at the time. I was like my last semester, so I was getting ready to graduate. But then I was also pregnant with my daughter. And so I found out that he was cheating on me. And so that's kind of what happened. So he had someone else and he just wasn't into our relationship anymore. Um, So yeah, we just broke up. And um, I know that you you listened to the series from Devastated to Divorce on my podcast. And did you feel like you could relate to uh, some of those chapters? I do. Um, yeah, I definitely do. Um, especially, well, I related to all of them. But yeah, like at the beginning of the, you know, when I found out about the cheating and things like that, uh you know, I was upset, you know, obviously there was like arguing and things like that. And I was, I was upset, but then he didn't really seem to care (laughs) that I was upset. He was kind of at the point where he's like, well, I don't care, you know, like, let's just checked out. Yeah. And so at that point, looking back, I feel like I was really willing to do anything to stay in the relationship which is what happens a lot of the times. Um, I feel like when we're going through breakups or anything like that, we just really, I don't know, at least for me, I was also pregnant. So I was like, no, like we have to, yeah, like we have to stay together. You know, we have this baby on the way and we had been together for so long. Uh, We were together since I was 16. So that was basically like all that I knew um, his family had become my family. Like we were just so enmeshed at that point. And so, yeah, I remember like, you know, wanting to stay together. I remember just crying and, you know, even though he was telling me like so many bad things about myself, like, oh, well, you're this or that, or you don't, you know, whatever. Looking back, I'm like, wow, I was really just willing to do anything like I was just really like putting myself last, you know, sounds like you were um, in the blindsided and devastated chapter and were kind of stuck there. And yes, that's where you're you're willing to do anything to not to not let it end. Mm-hmm. Beg. Mm-hmm. I know I begged, you know, embarrassing, but it <laughs> happened. You will change yourself. You'll be extra street. You'll like, how, you know, what can I do? Even though it's not even something that you can fix because it's their flaw, but you're internalizing all of that. And 
you know, for me, I had super low self-esteem by that point. So it was like, I'm, I would be worthless without him. I was a stay at home mom. I had no job, no income. What am I going to do if, if I'm not with him, what am I? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yes. So definitely. I felt, I thought I felt the same. Like I had all those same thoughts. I was like, who am I without this person? Like my whole life revolves around this person. Like, you know, his friends are my friends. Like, I'm not going to have any friends, you know, if, if we break up, I'm not going to have any family. What am I going to do, you know, with my life? And just even thinking about the future at that moment, I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, where am I going to live? Or, you know, just everything. It just seemed like so impossible at the moment. Like, how is it going to work? <laughs> Yes, exactly. There, there's so many aspects. It's sometimes, and I'm not going to say for everybody, but sometimes it's not even about the man, mm-hmm. you know, it's about everything that you have um, built around the family and the relationship. It's uh, like you said, it's the friends. It's where am I going to live? And can I support myself? Can So mm-hmm. what kind of things did you do to work yourself out of, of, of that chapter in the process? Well, I did try therapy for a few months. So towards the end of my pregnancy, I was like driving myself to therapy. I was crying. It was horrible. Like I was literally sitting in my car crying and just like listening to all the love songs and, you know, all the songs that make us cry and stuff. But, um, yeah, I tried therapy. Um, which was, it was helpful, but at the same time, you know, obviously the therapist was like, well, you know, like you should move on, like, you know, things like that. And at the time that wasn't what I wanted to hear. I was like, right. no, like, you know, I was still holding. Tell me how to fix it. Yeah. Right. Um, so I did that. And then once I had my daughter, um, there was a moment where we agreed to work on things, you know, because the baby was here. So he's like, okay, you know, like, let's work it out. Like, we'll try, you know, but he, uh, it, I don't know, like, it kind of felt like half asked if I could say half asked. <laughs> um, and so I remember, you know, once I had my daughter, I also started working. And so that was my first, you know, professional job after grad school. I was like, you know, working full time. And I had a lot of work outside of work that I needed to do. So, um, I remember I asked him like, Oh, can you just, uh, watch the baby while I finish, you know, this work or whatever. And he was watching sports and he became upset. He's like, no, like, you know, and I was just like, what? Like, I feel like that I, well, I snapped. I was upset. And so we had an argument. And after that argument, he went back to the, no, like, this isn't going to work. Like, I don't want to, you know, be with you or blah. So in a way, I felt like it was kind of blaming me. But after that, we just never tried again to make things work out. So we just kind of, he moved out. And I, at the time, we were actually living with his family. So he moved out. And so I was kind of just living there, you know, with the baby and his family for a while. And how was that kind of uncomfortable and 
weird or were they like on your side? They were or, on my you know? side. Okay. <laughs> they were on my side, but uh, so it was comfortable because uh, I they were like my family at that point, you know, so I, it was just like if I was with my family. Um, so that's kind of just, I guess we just kind of moved on in that way where he wasn't physically there. Uh, but it was hard because there was times where, you know, I was driving home from work and I was used to calling him or, you know, you have that person you call and talk to. So there was times where I would call him still <laughs> and to talk and he's like, what, what do you want? You know? And I'm just like, well, how come you're not calling me to talk to me? Like, it was just still, you know, I still wanted that, but you were kind of hoping that maybe there could be like a friendship. Yeah, it was just thing, weird to me. you know, at least very, it's difficult because they are such a big part of your life. It's hard to yeah. just like cut it. I don't know how they, some of them can just completely like, you know, don't you remember that we used to talk and bounce things off each other and share? Yeah, that's how I felt. But I think that's what I did is I tried therapy and, and I just kind of started working and I just didn't have time or energy to just really think about him or right. the relationship. And how was he as a dad? Did he pay child support? Did he visit? Did he have weekends? Um, At that time, he, he's, I mean, he would visit sometimes. He he visit. He would provide like buyer stuff and everything, or like pitch in for diapers or whatnot. So, yeah, he would he would do that. Did you put him on child support or not? Really, you didn't. No, we didn't. So yeah, like when the divorce came around, I think I just wanted it to go as smooth as possible. And you know, I was yeah. at the point where I had a good job. You know, I had a lot of good benefits and just all of these different things and he did too okay and so I went to I went with a lawyer you know I consulted with different I think a couple of lawyers and they were like oh well okay because I you make more money than he does because I, I get paid more they're like it's not really worth it for you to ask for child support um because I guess if you make more, whoever makes the most money in the relationship has to pay child support to the other person. And regardless if she was with me like half of the time. So I was like, no, I don't want to pay him child support. So, so I was like, no, we just kind of both, you know, I didn't tell him no, but we just both agree. Like, okay, you keep your money. I keep my money. Like, Let's just make this smooth. No, that was smart. Definitely. You don't need to give them that. That is not their information to know unless they go and figure it out themselves. Yeah. So, um, wow. Okay. And so how long have you been divorced now? Like uh, how long from the separation until you actually got officially divorced? Um, I think it was two years. Okay. So it's been maybe three or four years. Okay. And you filed for divorce? I did, yeah. 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 Yeah, I prepared I like mean, I went to these lawyers and then um I found a good one which that was affordable for me and you know, I did all the paperwork, I took it to court. So yeah, I was the one that filed. 
Yeah, that's, I always, um, this is something that I bring up often, which I always find interesting is that usually they are the ones that want the breakup or do whatever to cause the breakup. But at the end of the day, usually it's us women who go and file a lot of the times. So, um, three years, three or four years after the divorce, how are you feeling? Do you, I mean, you have a daughter together, so do you, you have to see him? Um, how is the relationship between you and him now? Oh, it's completely just, yeah, like we, I definitely don't call him no more. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yeah, we're just completely separate, like just completely separate worlds. And, you know, she actually does stay with me full time and she goes with him probably like twice a month, if anything. And so that's been pretty smooth. Um, she goes to school in my area, you know, she stays here with me and the relationship with his family also, like I kind of became very distant because I just, I just didn't know how to react. Like when you're going through like a separation or divorce, it's like, you just, no one prepares you for that. And you're just like, I just didn't know. Uh, what you were allowed to do, right? I couldn't, can yeah, I depend on that? Can I, yes. you know, is it wrong because they're his support system? Yeah. So I completely lost contact with any friends that were mutual friends. I blocked them all on social media, which was probably, I mean, I didn't have to, but at the time I just did. Um, and then his family, like, we just became very distant. Um, so before... After I filed for the divorce, I do want to say, like, I was still living with his family um, at that time. Or, yeah. So I was still living there, you know, and I had, I felt kind of like, like happy that they had my side. It was kind of like a little like, oh, well, you know, your family is on my side type of thing. Um, But then I started going out again and meeting people which was refreshing because I was like I'm my own person now like I'm making my own friends like I'm you know going out like I'm dating like just you know exploring and so I actually made a friend at the gym which she's my best friend now oh that's great um and so she kind of you know knew my situation she had kind of gone through similar and then she was like well when are you going to move out? And I was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, move out. Like, I just literally had not thought about that. I'm just like living with this family. And I'm like, I don't know. So I started like just looking, you know, for places. And um, I've had never had my own place. I didn't know like the process. So next thing you know, like, I get a phone call and they're like, oh, your lease is approved. You, you, you got the apartment. I'm like, what? Like, I have an apartment. And so I ended up moving out. And I think that's really when I became very distant from his family because I wasn't there anymore. And me not being there, like, he was able to go freely, you know, and visit now. And he was able to take, like, his new girlfriend. And so... I was completely replaced. Oh, okay. <laughs> eventually. Right. And so now I'm just, I mean, I'm at the point where it doesn't really bother me anymore. 
this was like grandparents, like, right? His yeah. parents, do they try to keep a relationship with their granddaughter? Do they like Christmas birthdays call? Well, I guess when she's with him. Yeah, they do. Right. When she's with him, I guess they, they see her. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as me having contact with them, like I don't, it's right. all just through him. So gotcha, gotcha. he takes her and. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so you don't really have, you know, besides he does see her. So you have that kind of communication. Um, there's nothing else. You don't, you don't hate each other. You don't like each other. You just, you're both in two separate worlds. Yeah. We, that is, yeah, that would describe it very well. However, um, I still have a hard time with his just, I don't have to like his girlfriend, but I just don't like her still. And I don't know if that's just like, I could care less about him. Like, and you know, we're past that point, but for some reason, like with her, like, I'm just never going to, I feel like, like her. Right. <laughs> Is she the one that he cheated on you with? Yeah. Well, I think it makes perfect okay, sense yeah. that if he, more, right? yes, if he, she doesn't sound, you know, of course, maybe he lied to her and she didn't know, but still you, you should do your research on your man, honestly. So oh. if she did know that he was, you know, married and a baby mm-hmm. on the way, she needed to, you know, step out of the relationship and, Honestly, after knowing that he was married and that there was a baby on the way and then she still stayed with him, doesn't sound like a quality person. So I think that it's perfectly fine that you might not like her, you know, because you guys are not on the same moral level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, she did know. Just want to put that out there. Okay. Well, then <laughs> even more reason. Yeah. Like I saw the messages and stuff. Um, but... Yeah, the the thing, you know, I know she does spend time with my daughter, you know, when she goes over and things like that. And uh, I don't know. How is she? Do you know? How do you feel? Does she treat her well? Is she nice to her because she's his daughter? Or is there is there any sort of pettiness or a little bit of ugliness because it's his ex-wife's child no from what I hear like she's actually really nice and you know my daughter likes her but I feel like I'm the petty one or I'm just like you know like (laughs) right I don't think you I don't I I totally get the feeling and understand it and honestly I commend you because having to share my daughter with not only the ex in that sort of way, but also with the ex's girlfriend who also he cheated on me with would be extremely difficult. So the fact that you're just eh, a little, I don't really like her. You're doing leaps and bounds better than I could imagine that I would be, you know what I mean? So, um, and you know, the most important thing is yes, that she's good to your daughter. Yes. That's very important. Actually. Like I really try to, at the end of the day, just be like, okay, it's all about my daughter. Like, you know, I've never tried to cause any fights or arguments. Um, yeah, and they're just kind of like their own in their own world. I'm in mine. But just when I think about it or even just like, obviously, I don't like her, but I don't, you know, go and try to cause any. Right. 
And it's not like an obsessive thought. It's not like a recurrent. It's not like it keeps you up at night. It's just if you happen, like it's the every other weekend that you know he's going to go over there. Oh, yeah, she's going over there. Oh, yeah, she's there. That sucks. Kind of like, you know, and then and then uh, you can move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that those are thoughts that you will never be able to erase, you know, in that situation. So as long as you're not like obsessive and I wonder what they're doing. And then when your daughter comes home, give the third degree and, you know, and or any of that Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, it's it's going to be something there because that was your husband. And not only was that your husband, but she knew it. And not only that, but you had that extra special case where you were in the most vulnerable spot in your marriage, being pregnant, going through, listen, I, I I don't even pretend to understand how that is because I know how bad I felt. And I had an eight year old son. I can't even imagine this happening while I'm pregnant with the pregnancy hormones. And then with the, your bubble burst of your family in that situation. So, um, I'm going to jump back a little to, uh, the chapter one in the guide, which is blissfully unaware or subconsciously aware which one do you feel you were about how your relationship was going or your marriage was going? I think I was um, blissfully unaware. Okay. Like before I found everything out, like I just felt, I thought, I mean, I felt like everything was good. Like I was just, you know, a hundred percent, like a thousand percent. Like I, I trusted him. Like, like that didn't even cross my mind. I was like, you know, he would never like, yeah. Like I was just blissfully unaware. That's like earth shattering. Yes. That's very earth shattering in that, in that sense, you know, um, that's, I think that's probably worse than when you obviously kind of feel and know a little bit about, you know, things aren't great. So, but when you're like, you know, not that things were great, but that, that you didn't, have a hint that things could be that bad. That's so you are now in the divorced and beyond stage. And how do you feel that you work through your, um, chapter four, which is stronger, better loved you? Have you, did you feel like you had low self-esteem? Do you feel like this situation brought down your self-esteem? Do you feel like you have built yourself up better, different, stronger? I mean, if, when we go through this, it always makes us stronger. There's just no doubt. But how do you feel about that? Yeah, I feel good. I mean, yeah, like uh, at the time, like I just, my self-esteem was completely like just shattered. And not only with the negative things he was telling me about myself, but like I said, I didn't know myself. I feel just being in a relationship so young. And so after that, I really started like going out, just reconnecting with my own friends. And, you know, I realized that I am, I was going to say I'm the whole package, but. <laughs> well, absolutely say it and own it and mean it because it's absolutely like, right. Good, you know, like, uh, yeah, like I'm, I feel good about myself. I feel like I do have a lot to offer and I'm at the point where I'm just like, you know, I'm tired of, I'm not tired, but I wouldn't accept like a half-assed relationship or, you know, I'm at that point where I'd rather just be on my own and be happy than have to endure or settle or, you know, absolutely anything less. And I think that's, you know, part of the, 
the the goal, the bonus of when you have high self-esteem, when you recognize and you know your worth, that you're not going to allow somebody to come into your your world and disturb it unless they're going to bring it, unless they're going to bring positivity to it, unless they're going to elevate you because you know what you're bringing to the table. You know that you are going to be offering an amazing person and an amazing partner. And if they're not going to offer the same, you're not going to waste your time because you're not mm-hmm. coming from that place of neediness. We, mm-hmm. you put yourself where I don't need a man. I would like a partner, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where the, the, the difference, you know, kind of comes in because you recognize, well, if you're not going to be a partner, if you're not going to be that person in my life, then just to have you around so that, you know, I have something to do on Saturday night or so I can, you know, have somebody to go to weddings with or events. No, that's, mm-hmm. that's not where I'm at, you know? So that is, um, definitely good. And have you, uh, dated? Are you, I mean, how, how, how's that? Because I know that this day and age, it's, oh, it's horrible. Scary. <laughs> yes. Yes. I hear horror stories every day. I'm like, God. I know. I mean, I, so I did start dating initially, mm-hmm. like I was on dating apps, I was going on dates, but it's just, I feels like it's all just like a big game. Sometimes like, I was going to dates and, you know, people lie so much like on their dating profiles or like it was just ridiculous. And so um, that's horrible. I like I would never want to date like, I don't know. I did meet someone. And so but it wasn't through a dating app. It was actually through mutual friends. And, you know, we are together now. Oh, nice. Okay. Um. And it's been good. Like my daughter loves him completely and he loves her and it's, it's good. Um, But it's not, I think also too, like after going through a divorce, like when you get into this new relationship, it's hard to not compare, you know, like to your past relationship and you have like all of these different expectations now and, you know, and so that was hard for me too at the beginning. Um, but I don't know, after being married for so long, at least for me, I feel like I don't want to be stuck in a relationship anymore. Like, And so I'm not sure if the relationship that I'm in now is going to be a long-term thing for me because I really just love my freedom. <laughs> and so I'm like... Yeah, like, I'm just, like, I just want to be happy and just, you know, on my own with my daughter and just, I don't want to deal with men or, like, dating. That's where I'm at. I know everyone has a different experience, but. Absolutely. For me, um, I, my goal, I said, I don't ever want to get married again. First of all, Mm -hmm. I married in the Catholic Church. I said yes in front of God. I'm like, how am I going to get married again? That's just kind of, you know. It made me feel icky. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. But I always said, I want, um, I'll date and you have your house. I have my house. And I know that would be so ideal. <laughs> on the weekends that you, you know, that I don't have my son, uh, we can go out. And then when I have him, I'm just going to be mom and do whatever. And that was my plan. <laughs> that was my plan. But the, one of the things that I was very devastated about when I, um, broke up with my husband was that I always wanted a daughter and 
well, obviously, you know, that wasn't going to happen with him. And then I'm like, okay, I'm divorced. I've got a son. I don't want to ever get married again. So I guess the daughter's out of the picture, um, which was heartbreaking for me. But um, five years later, I did end up meeting someone. And so uh, I have not gotten married yet. I am in a long-term relationship, but I haven't really wanted to actually officially get married. But we've been together for a long time and I got my daughter. So I'm like, God's mm-hmm. timing, you know, I... I have my daughter and I'm grateful for that. And so then, of course, the family unit has ensued. So it's not like, hey, you're in your place. I'm in my place, which was where I thought and I felt had a daughter not been in the mix would still have been an ideal situation because the freedom that you have. And I know you've experienced this and you're saying you were with him since you were 16 years old. You know, yeah. you go from, you know, your parents house to a boyfriend. to Where do you get to be you? For me, I was married later, but I had very strict Spanish parents there was very little I could do. If I went out with a boy, it was with a chaperone. Okay. So that freedom that you have, like it's, it's worth, it's, there is no amount of money you can put on that. So it's a really great time to not answer to anybody but yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. And just thinking back now, I'm like, wow, like this, the divorce was like the best thing that could have ever happened. You know, because I'm thinking like if I that had never happened, like I would probably still be in this relationship. Like I would probably just still be like just an extension of him. Like I wouldn't be my own person. Like, and then we have completely different parenting styles. And so that would have been another issue. Like, so I'm like, yeah, like that was just like the best thing to ever happen. It's just. And that's interesting that you say that because imagine telling yourself over in chapter two, blindsided and devastated, that you one day are going to say that the divorce is the best thing that ever happened to you. Mm-hmm. What would what would that you say, think when you said that? I'd be like, no, like you're crazy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But and there are many women that are now where we were at that point and hearing someone else say it's going to be hard there's no doubt it's going to be hard you're going to suffer you're going to suffer but there will come a day where you will realize that it was the best thing that ever happened I thank my ex-husband for Mm -hmm. having the strength back then I called him every name in the book you 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 Mm -hmm. you know you are a coward you this you're terrible but with perspective he did both of us a favor. He's got a better, happier life. I'm not going to, I don't know, better, whatever. For him, it works for him. Cool. And I absolutely do. And it wouldn't have happened if he wouldn't have, because probably for me, the way I was raised, I would have lived in misery. So it's, you know, how do you, do you, do you think that makes sense? Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, yeah, like, you know, the person that I divorced, like his family was also, very uh traditional like just very you know the women you know the woman takes care of the man does everything and I was in that relationship and I just thought it was like I was just I feel like I was just doing whatever everyone else wanted me to do and just you know and so now I'm like no like now I I don't know I just feel so much more like empowered and just so much more happier Um, and free yeah like free like just that was just the best thing 
Excellent. Well, I um, if you had to give some advice to other women that are now in the situation that we were in, worried, scared about their future, what would you what would you tell them? Um, okay, so I totally agree with what you had kind of said, just to resonate from what you said that, you know, it's going to be hard. And so change is always going to be hard, especially like if you've been with this person for so long, like you're used to this person, you're used to your routines, your, you know, everything that you guys do together. So it's going to be super hard, like at the beginning, like you're going to feel like you're losing everything. Right. <laughs> like you, like you can't even think of your future, you know, without this person. And that's normal. Like, I feel like that's a normal reaction, but it's going to be okay. It's going to like, you're going to be, you know, years later, like we are like, right. this was just like the best thing to ever happen. Um, yeah. It's a process. Yeah. It is a process. Yeah. yeah. You just got to stick with it. And, you know, one thing that I always say is, you know, one day at a time forward, as long as you're moving forward, even if it's a little tiny step at a time. And, you know, th that might not even be accurate because I know, you know, from reading my journal entries that I fell back so many times back into the, oh, why did he do this? Oh, maybe we can fix this. Oh, but I still love him. And that's okay. It's just have the moment give yourself grace, have the pity party, get back up, keep facing forward. Yeah. And I think it's also important like to definitely reach out, you know, to your support systems, make friends, you know, find other people that have been through divorce or separation. Like it just gives you just a clearer picture than if you're just like by yourself trying to work through things. Um, just really connecting with other people. I feel that also helped me, you know, put things into perspective. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I, I had tons and tons of therapy. I think about what you had said about um, being in the car crying. I, you know, the first few days I would, he, it was supposed to be couples therapy. And of course he flaked and he didn't show up. And so I'm in the lobby crying and waiting. And then when it's, when we're done with the therapy session, I'm at the front desk asking the lady to schedule the next therapy crying, you know, just, a, you know, and she's looking at me with this, this face of pity. And I'm just over here, like, you know, a disaster. And then, uh, then I'll call and crying, hey, is there an opening? I need to see the therapist now. You know, just ridiculous, but it's part of the process. But therapy for me, my therapist was amazing. And um, I held on to him for quite a few years and he got me through a lot. So, and, you know, it wasn't the first therapist. You kind of have to, you know, find one that fits your, your groove and your personality style and stuff like that. But um, along with your support system, definitely consider therapy. Um. I do want to ask you now that you uh -huh. mentioned it, like, how was it for you working with a male therapist going through your divorce? Yeah, that um, he wasn't that much older to me, but I felt like he gave me this fatherly figure type um, vibe. Um, he was also Spanish. So I felt like um, I felt like he got me for some reason. I actually felt like he he was giving um he was giving me good advice i understood what he was saying and he told me some harsh stuff about me too but um it it didn't really bother me that it was a male i didn't really connect the two because he was older 
and in my opinion, wiser. And it turns out that he was, mm-hmm. but um, it, it, it didn't really, it, it wasn't, it didn't turn out to be an issue. So, um, so tell me, yes, about you. Um, I did see that you have a podcast. If you want to shout it out and tell people where they can find it. And yeah, so I do have a podcast and it's called Imperfect Mellow Podcast. And this podcast is like really surrounded around mental health. Okay. So just different mental health topics available everywhere. Like Spotify. And iTunes. the name, tell me about the name. Imperfect Mellow. Mellow. And what, how'd you come up with it? Uh, so I, yeah, I kind of chose that name. Because, well, what I was thinking when I chose that name was that um, me and others, I could say, like, we're on this journey to find, like, our inner mellow, right? Like, our inner calm. But it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, it could be imperfect. And that's what it is, because I feel like, you know, we're never going to be perfect. Like, it's always going to be, um, like, it's always going to be a continued learning, you know? Um, and so that's kind of where I was at when I picked that name. Right. Okay, I like perfect it. It's mellow. cute. And you said you are a therapist? Yeah, so I actually just started my uh, therapy private practice oh, in California, nice. too. So I guess if anyone's listening. Yes. But mm-hmm. um, I guess I will just give you guys my website, imperfectmellow.com. You can find everything there. Excellent. Perfect. Well, I certainly wish you a lot of luck. It sounds like you are heading in the right direction and you have a a clear view of what you want and deserve. So I absolutely hope that you get all of that. And um, I thank you again for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap for this episode. And a special thanks to Susie for sharing with us. If you'd like to share your own chapter checkup, please reach out to me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And don't forget to download your free copy of the chapter checklist. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And if you found this episode interesting, please consider clicking on that five-star rating and following so you are notified when the next episode drops. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone.